My name is Andy. I'm part of the team here at the church, if you're here for the first time. It's so good to have you and so exciting to be dedicating, finally, um, some, of the, some of the lockdown babies and, uh, yeah, and get to celebrate and give thanks for them together. So I'm going to um, start my clock because we're going to keep it a bit briefer today. I, I don't know how you're doing at the moment, but I am finding myself um, emotionally a little more up and down than, than I normally am. Uh, I, I like to think that normally I'm fairly even-keeled, uh, but, uh, but uh, I think it's probably just the last year and a half, um, the pressure, the stress that all of us have been under, I'm feeling its effects quite a lot at the moment. So I tend to find that my emotions are up and down. And partly, I think, probably as a consequence of that, I've been having to work extra hard to remind myself of just some of the basic things about what it is to, to know Jesus. And there's this particular uh, incident that I was drawn to, to speak on today um, because it's a time when some people bring their children to Jesus and they ask him to, to pray for their, for their kids. So let me read this to you. This is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, starting in verse 13. It says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant. Another way of, of putting that might be he was furious or he was, he was irate. He was, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. And just, just as I've been reflecting on this particular um, encounter Jesus has with these families, uh, really a, a kind of a fundamental truth of what it is to know Jesus has, has jumped out and hit me between the eyes once again. And uh, it kind of, this incident reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Lord of the Rings films, but there is this particular moment in the first Lord of the Rings film where the little, the little crew find themselves outside the gates of the dwarvish kingdom of Moria. And they, they're trying to get in and the, there are these doors that are carved from stone and above the doors it says, speak friend and enter. And they think that this is some kind of like... Um, Pass, they have to come up with whatever the password is. If they're friends, they'll, they'll know the password and then they'll be able to speak it and enter into the kingdom. But they, they, can't, they can't work it out and they try all sorts of different things. And eventually it hits one of them between the eyes that this is from a far more peaceful time than the time they're living in now. And so actually the correct way to interpret what it says above the doors is just speak the word friend. Say friend and then you'll be able to enter. And so they do that and these doors open and they enter into where they're trying to get. And what I love about that moment is this is a great example of people overcomplicating it. It's, uh, it, it's, made, it's something so simple that you miss it in front of you. And I think we have a tendency when it comes to uh, relating to God and thinking about how is it that we relate to him to overcomplicate it. Or at least I know I do. And so we can come up with and try and come up with all sorts of our version of a password, whether that is to do with our behavior. Um, you know, if I want to have a relationship with God, which is what it is to enter the kingdom of God, um, then maybe I need to modify my behavior in a particular way. Perhaps if I, if I improve my CV, I'll be acceptable to him. 
Or we can, we can think, uh, you know, maybe if I, if I know the right rituals and the right words to say when I come near him, maybe I'll be allowed access. We can think, well, if there is a God and he's a God of love, then, then perhaps I need to impress him to be acceptable to him. So maybe I need to, if, if I'm intelligent enough or if I'm good looking enough or if I've got the right accolades, then perhaps then I'll, I'll impress him enough to come in. And then listen to the words of Jesus, because what he does is he takes a child, like any of the children we've just had up here a second ago. He takes one of these children and he says, here's the way you enter the kingdom of God. Here's how you do it. Be like them. And, and it's a metaphor, it's a picture. So he's not saying, so there's ways it doesn't apply. He's not saying be childish. He's not saying throw your toys out of the pram and start screaming your head off. Um, but, but what he is saying is he's saying, be childlike. Receive as these children receive. And um, there's, there's something in us, I think, maybe this is just me again, but I'm not sure it is, that pushes back against that. The idea that we just have to be like a child and, and just receive. And the, the, part of the reason for that is because that's not how our world works. That's not how it works in the society that we're a part of. The rule of our society is this. The more exclusive the club, the higher the standards are for entry to it. And so if you want to get into some posh place in Mayfair, then you've got to have the right clothes and have the money in the bank. If you want to get into the club that is those who are Olympic champions, you've got to do the training and be the best in the world. If you want to become a social media influencer, you need to put the content out and get the following. Or if you just want to get in with that group over there, you just have to start to behave like that group over there behave. That's how our society works and that's how we've been trained to work. And again, the higher, the more exclusive the group, it's almost like the standard just gets put up and up and up. And here, we're talking about knowing God. A God whose love is as deep as the ocean, who, who, who is all-powerful and yet incredibly kind. We're talking about knowing Him. And so logically, we think, well, if it's knowing Him, then the standards have to be so high. And so we put all this pressure on ourselves. And, and the thing to do is to come back to Jesus in this moment, where He takes that way that our society works he turns it upside down and he says, if you want to know God, if you want to come into the kingdom of God, relationship with him, be like a child. Receive like a child. I have kids. I have a, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And that is why I look knackered. And I still remember when Beth, you know, when we were preparing for the labor of child number one before it happened, and we packed our bag for the hospital, and uh, Beth packed her bag with all her stuff in it, and I packed an entire rucksack of Pringles and Lucozade for myself to help me get through labor. Um, I took that merrily with me to the hospital. But I also remember, you know, one of the things that really struck me, probably the main thing as we were packing, is that we had to pack stuff for the baby, we had to pack some clothes, these tiny little things for the baby. And I remember just 
up until that point, I don't know, I just hadn't thought about it, but there was a part of me subconsciously that thought he would come out wearing a suit and tie, or like he would come with something, but he comes butt naked into the world. He doesn't even have a little vest or a hat. You have to bring all that stuff with you. And how, how does a ch- child come? Oh, well, we could say, well, they come with nothing. They come with nothing at all, but actually that's understating it. Because it's not that they come with nothing at all, it's that they come with a huge amount of need. They just bring all of this need with them. And so it isn't this kind of break-even deal where it's like, you know, you can look after me if you want to, but if you don't, don't worry, I'll take care of myself. That's not how it works. It's not that they're, okay, they're not in credit, they're not making a big contribution, but at least they're not in debt. It's, it's not that, a break-even budget. It's literally they just come with need. And so what is Jesus saying about how we enter the kingdom of God? What is he saying about how we come into relationship with God? What do we bring if we're going to be like the child? What we bring is our need. I've been a Christian for half my life now. And it took me so long to wake up to what the message of Christianity is. I kept making it into all these things it's not. So I thought for a long time it was like a basically a self-help program. If you want to have a slightly nicer life, here's some tips that involve God that can help you improve yourself. Um, for ages, I thought it was like this is, a, this is a good behavior program. And I made it into all these rules and these things that I had to do. And I've, I've realized that when we do that, we miss the, the heart of the good news about Jesus Christ. One way of thinking about it is think about it like this. Imagine there's a, a king who lived hundreds of years ago who decided one day he wanted to get married. And so he went out looking for a bride and he could have had uh, anyone he wanted in the kingdom. But he ends up falling and finding, in, finding and falling in love with somebody who has um, maybe made some mistakes in life and life hasn't treated them particularly well. And they found themselves where their life has gone on a really bad turn. And, and one of the things that they have is they just accumulated all these debts. They just have debt after debt after debt. But the king falls in love and he wants to marry them. And so they get to the point where they make their vows, like any couple does on their wedding day. And, and this, this lady he's fallen for, in that moment, like anyone does when, when you make your vows, she can say to him, all that I have, I give to you. And what does she have? She's just got a whole load of debt. She's just got her mess. All that I have, I give to you. And what does he say in reply? He says, all that I have, all of the wealth and the riches, all that I have, I give to you. That is a picture of what this is all about, of who it's all about. Because the way it works is we come to him and we, all we bring is our need. And that is where so many of us struggle because it's such a hard thing to admit need. I don't do it very well. 
Does anybody else? Uh, I don't ask even for directions. I will walk around Asda for an hour and a half before I stop and ask a shop assistant where the one thing is I'm actually looking. You know, what am I actually looking for? Can you please help me? I don't even do it on that surface level. It's a pain for me. And so you can imagine how hard it is when it's to do with the shame and the guilt and those mistakes that we've made that are our darkest secrets, particularly when we've been brought up in a culture and environment that says, if you can't do this and make it in that way, then you somehow failed. You've let yourself down to admit need. Who wants to do that? But this is how it works. And so we come to him and we admit our need. And what we find is in that moment, he he fills us with his love and with his presence. I come to him and I say, all I have, I give to you. My selfishness, my brokenness, my mess, my inability to meet even my own standards, let alone yours. Here I am. Ta-da. And what does he say? He says, I love you and I created you for this relationship. And all I have, my peace, my joy, my wholeness of life, all that I have, not just in quality, but in quantity too, for always and forever, I give to you in Jesus. That's what it is to come to know him. And those of us who've been following him for a while, we can think, well, that's how it starts. And, and we can have, and again, I've done this for too many years, this idea that somehow as we keep following Jesus, we're meant to mature. And in the world, um, when we have kids and we raise them, the idea is that they become more independent. Uh, We want them to grow up. We want them to begin to spread their wings. There is going to come a day. It is going to come. I'm saying it to myself more than you, where I will no longer have to change nappies. And on that day, I can tell you, I don't even like champagne, but I'm going to buy some and I'm going to drink a whole bottle because it's been six years already. All right, so there's going to come a day and then perhaps one day Mike will start to wear nappies and I'll find myself back there changing them all over again. I'm sorry to give you that image. (laughs) Um, But there might be a window in between those two events. So there's going to come a moment where it's like, hallelujah, at least they can go to the toilet by themselves. Independence rules. And we can think as we grow as Christians, that's the idea. We can think that's how it's meant to go. So when I start to know you, Jesus, because I've just got born again, even if I'm in my 50s, um, I'm just a baby in the faith. And so I'm going to need a lot of help with this is a very big change. But we can think the idea is that as we grow, we become less dependent. We become stronger and we don't need his help with temptation anymore. And we're all right with going out and giving our lives away. And we can do all of that in our own strength. And that was never, ever, ever going to be the plan. Maturity as we follow God is becoming more childlike. And that means more and more dependent. And there's such a joy and honestly, such a freedom and a relief to realize that is how it starts And that's how it continues. And I've said in the church before, I've been finding anxiety has been a real battle for me the last four months because of everything and a whole bunch of other things. And I've been so frustrated by it. But what I've been remembering again is that 
all I bring to him is my need and that's okay. Every morning when I wake up and the fear is there, I can just come and say, hey, here I am. (laughs) Ta-da! With all my mess. And you know what? Every single time he says, here I am. With all my grace. This is how it starts. And this is how it continues. What do I need to come into a relationship with God? You just need, need. And you give it to him. And he will fill you with his life.